Go with me to 2 Corinthians 3. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your, that you would teach us, that you would guide us, that you would reveal, um, illuminate scripture to us. You would give us new revelation and insights into who you are. Yeah, we just thank you that your word is alive and it is active. Thank you, Father. Amen. Um, I want to share a couple of thoughts this morning around, I, I really feel like God, a couple of weeks ago when we were at Oasis, I, sh- I shared about uh, the supernatural and I, I, sh- I shared a bunch of testimonies and stories and um, I'd really encourage you to listen to the podcast. We have a podcast. If you didn't know, Kim Butler puts the podcast together every week, um, which is awesome. And then we do have a YouTube channel as well. When he does film, he just brings his camera and films it, which is just which is just fun. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, but I really believe that often there's sort of two parts to this. Often we can have the you know. Probably for years there's been a mindset of like, I want to just do God's will and I, I don't want to mess that up and I want to just do his will. And there is a, there is like the will of God in the sense of there's the will of God that, um, you know, Jesus is returning and it doesn't matter what you and I do, that's going to happen. <laughs> we don't have a part to play in that. That's just, well, we do have a part to play, but that is going to happen regardless of how we outwork this thing called the gospel. But then there's the will of God as well, that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we have a part to play in that. Because it's not, God's not willing it that people perish, but people are perishing. Does that make sense? So there's those two sides of the will of God. And often I think the church has been on this side where it's like, well, I don't know if I should go and pray for that person because I want to make sure it's the will of God. And it's like, it's the will of God. Just go and pray for that person. Like, you know, I'm not sure if I should, you know, show love to that stranger because I haven't felt a sign from the Lord. It's like, no, no, just go and do that. <laughs> you don't need a tingling. You don't need a, you know, whatever. And then there's the things of like, oh, I don't know if he wants me to do job A or job B. And so often I think God's like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, oh, you're like, oh, I want to do job A. And you're like, cool, go for job A then. And I'm going to bless that because Christ is in us. And wherever we go, we carry him with us. Then there are those moments where he's like, do A. And we're like, okay, we're going to do A. Does that, you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, but I think, and so I want to share a little bit on on <clears throat> kind of part two, I guess, of, of the miraculous and supernatural. But in the sense of our... I believe the Lord is actually specifically inviting us into a, a new depths and new realms of intimacy with Him, and that we we don't we're not bringing God into our equation; that we're actually tapping into what He's already doing. And often, I think we think of it in our mind as like, "Oh, God came down and God kind of invaded, or God did something," and that's that's the language that we use, and language can be really challenging to describe something. God's doing stuff on the earth. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He's not just like, hmm, I wonder what I should do with Melbourne. You know, he, no, he, he has a plan. He has a purpose individually. 
for our own life, but then corporately as well as a, as, as a tribe. You know, we're, we're a part of a big kingdom and we're just one little tribe called Glory City Melbourne. And there's a big, we have a big kingdom though. It's, we're not the only tribe, okay? If you didn't know that, <laughs> there are lots of other tribes out there. There are other, lots of communities, there are other lots of families and they're all fantastic. We celebrate them, we honour them. But I really believe that he wants to, he wants to, um, that we have an, we live in an individualistic world, yeah, it's about me, it's about I, it's about, you know, all those things, but I really feel like he wants to bring something back where um, tribally or corporately or whatever language you want to put to it, that we have, there's a depth of intimacy and a depth of glory that he wants to release in the earth, Yeah. And so I'm going to share a dream, and then we're going to read 2 Corinthians 3, and we'll unpack it a little bit. And then I actually want to spend some time together um, just waiting on the Lord and, um, and just, just waiting on Him. We can move the chairs aside. We can just lie on the floor, um, whatever we want to do, and we're just going to wait and let Him actually, we're the ones jumping into His river not he's not like oh i got to get out of you know we we jump into the river that's already flowing and, and we catch the wind and we catch the current and that's what i really believe he wants to do this morning and so uh so joyce had a dream actually joyce scarborough had a dream uh, at uh, jesus school and the dream was something to this effect uh correct me if i'm wrong joyce or throw in any bits that you you need to so um Todd White, does anyone know who Todd White is? Does anyone not know who Todd White is? A couple of you. If you have never listened to Todd White's testimony, I encourage you, go home, YouTube, Todd White testimony, and just you can listen to the 20-minute one or you can listen to the three-hour one. It's totally up to you. They're both very good. Um, he got shot at nine times and God basically took the bullets and said, when are you going to live for me? And, He's just a raging man of God for the gospel and just sees incredible stuff. Amazing, amazing stories. I could go on and on. But anyway, he's an evan- He's a five-fold evangelist. Um, he's equipping saints. He runs a school called Lifestyle Christianity. Thousands and thousands of people are going there to just be equipped in, in sharing the gospel and being bold. And, and um, so he rep in my understanding of him. And for me, he represents an evangelist. Right, he represents going out, the going out of the gospel. Um, and so Todd White is in the dream and I get dropped off in a location like Lilydale, in Lilydale somewhere. And you know like how the troops drop, you know, they drop you off and you helicopter. It, that's what I'm picturing in my mind. That's pretty much right, Joyce. Yeah. So Todd White drops me off, but I, I know where I am, but I don't know how to to get to where I need to be. Is this right? Am I retelling it? Yep, cool. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to climb. So I climb a house roof and I get to the top of the roof and then I have a, a perspective, a, a blueprint or a bird's eye perspective, a bird's eye view of Lilydale, of Mount Evelyn, of this region. And then I'm like, oh, I know how to make my way home because I've got the blueprint of where I am. Is that about right? That's the dream. And so as I was praying about this and as I was pondering this, I really felt it was for us. I really felt like it was for Glory City Melbourne. And I really felt like 
that God is going to actually give people, and not not me. I don't I don't feel like it's just going to be me. I feel like it's going to be people within our tribe, within our community, going to begin to give you dreams and visions and strategies from a higher perspective to actually go, how do we outwork this thing called the gospel? How do we actually start to share and spread it? Because there's the inhale. This is the inhale. This is the like the inhale of the gospel. This is the equipping. This is the, the, the sharpening. The iron sharpens iron. But there has to be an exhale. Otherwise, we just become fat Christians, right? If there's only an exhale then we become we just we just give and give and give and we never get equipped and fueled and filled up and so we need both both are very very important um, but yeah if there's and so I really believe strategically that um, people are going to start start to have visions start to have dreams and I believe the key to it is prayer and intimacy with God uh, as we go higher in the Lord. And not in so we can rule over people so that we can actually serve humanity, so we can actually serve our communities, so we can actually serve in a, in a, in a really healthy way. I mean, I have, I have written down so many desires and dreams for this church and community that I, 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 it would take me a whole year probably to share them all. But it's like, you know, one of, the, one of, one of them is that, you know, we would... Um, you know, work with the council, work with the government, work with people and just how do we serve them rather than so often, you know, so often churches have gone, well, it's, it's the government against the church or the church against the government. And it's like, hey, I, don't, I might not agree with everything that happens, but I want to serve this community and I want to do that well. I don't have all the answers for it, but there's a bunch of Amazing people in this room, and collectively, I think we can we can hear from the Lord together and come up with a strategy together and come up with different things together. Does that make sense? So go to two Corinthians three, and this hopefully will tie in with the dream. <clears throat> We're going to read the whole thing. I think we'll see. Actually, no. We'll go from verse seven. So it's talking about two different ministries, talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the old ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more, much more will what is permanent have glory." So it's talking about Moses and it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about those two different ministries. One had the ministry of Moses had glory, but the ministry of Jesus has a lot more. Okay. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. Hardened for to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, 
because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, wherever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. If you speak to Jalil, he'll tell you that's true. If you speak to Jewish people, they still have a veil. Like non, you know, not Messianic Jews, just Orthodox Jews. They still, he's like, you can still see the veil that is over their hearts uh, in, the, in the spirit. When one turns to the Lord, this is what, listen to this. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Now this is the bit I want to, I want to pack this, unpack this last bit a little bit are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now many often quote that verse and they're like, oh brother, we're going from glory to glory according to 2 Corinthians 3. Well, that's not correct. Oh, shock horror. Because that's not what this passage is talking about. It, here he says, um, firstly he says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Notice it didn't say the veil is removed so you can see clearly and then you turn to the Lord. It says when you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. It's taste and then we get to see. It's by faith. It's, it's taste and then see that the Lord is good. So it's turn to the Lord and then the veil gets removed. Right? So it's really important because what I think so often we're like, we're believing for revival, we're believing for an outpouring, and we're believing for all these things. And he's like, I want you just to turn your face towards me so I can start to show you clearly what I'm already doing. So just turn to the Lord and then we get to see clearly, right? Then the next part um, is now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We sing about it. We quote that all the time. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where's the Spirit of God? This is not a trick question. Yes, in us. Okay. So the Spirit of God is inside of us. And so often we're like, we're waiting on a move of God. And I so often believe that God's like, I want you just to take what I've deposited in you and start to release it everywhere that you go and become a move of God. Stop waiting for, for him to kind of visit us when he wants to inhabit. He wants to inhabit his pra the praises of his people. He wants to make this, his people and the tribe, his dwelling place. And we all with unveiled face, so that's us. We're all with an unveiled face now. We can see clearly as in a mirror, beholding the glory of the Lord. Oh, that's, oh, that's so good. We behold the glory of God. Just, just like chew on that for a couple of years. That's like really good. You and I get to behold the glory of God. That blows my mind still. He knew we were going to mess things up and he still is like, my most prized possession I want to put inside of you. That's crazy. That's, that is insanely crazy. That's like you and I, if anyone has kids, that's like, I'm going to give my kids to some stranger that doesn't really know me. That, 
Like, it's nuts. And we all with unveiled face behind the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Now, what does that mean? We've just unpacked. It's talking about two different covenants. And he's saying that one degree of glory was in the old, but now there's a new degree of glory. So you're not tra being transformed from this glory to continual, like it's not growing in that sense. It's you're being transferred from one degree of glory, old covenant, under the law, to new degree of covenant, under grace, righteousness. D do you see it? That's what that verse is talking about. From one degree of glory, Moses' covenant, to new degree of glory, Jesus' covenant. What happened on the day the law was written? Does anyone want to have a go? What happened? 3,000 people died. What happened when the Spirit got poured out? 3,000 were back, were brought into the kingdom. Death, life. Do you, do you see the difference? Are you awake? All right. Go to John 3. John 3. How are we doing? Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Side note, you have to be born again. There are not multiple ways to God. There's one way to God. It's through Jesus. All right, that just felt good to say. <laughs> Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Now, Jesus is talking about being born again of the Spirit, and he's using a natural illustration of birth to illustrate that. And then he talks about the Spirit of God and he uses a natural illustration of wind to illustrate the Spirit of God. So he's talking, there's a natural um, principle, birth, natural birth, to illustrate being born of the Spirit, of illustrate being born again. Natural, spiritual. And then he illustrates it with wind of the Spirit. He talks about wind and to illustrate the Spirit of God. Do, do you get where I'm going? Right? So then the next verse, though, he says, How do you not know these things? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? Truly I, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. Now listen to this, verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So he's giving an earthly paradigm for being born again with wind and birth. And he's saying there's an earthly 
principle that is attached to this that I can illustrate this. But I want to tell you heavenly things that have no earthly principle to them. Read it again. If I have told you earthly things and you did not receive, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Walking on water is not an earthly principle. I don't know if you know that. We have this thing called gravity, right? So walking on water defies the logic of human reasoning. Being raised from the dead defies the logic of human reasoning. Alright, I don't know, try these guys over here. <laughs> yeah? So, I really believe that there are heavenly strategies, because God's whole plan was, I want one nation to show the rest of the world how to live. If you study the Old Testament, that's pretty much the gist of it. I want one nation to show the rest of humanity how to do life, how to do marriage, how to do finances, how to do Children, how to do fun, how to do feasts, how to do sport, how to do... He wanted one nation to show the rest of humanity how to do this thing. And then that didn't work. And so he's like, let's just make everyone a royal nation, a holy priesthood. Let's graft in the Gentiles into the Jewish, um, you know, history. And then we've been grafted in as Gentiles... That's everyone in this room, unless you're of Jewish, you know, bloodline. And so you and I have been grafted in. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a nation never before existed until this very moment, until we got born again. We got born into a, born again into a family. And there are heavenly things. There are heavenly principles. There are heavenly truths that he wants to, I mean, Breaking a couple of loaves and a few fishes and multiplying it to 5,000 people, that's a flipping heavenly strategy <laughs> of how to feed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like that, that is not like if you read Mark 8 and that, the disciples are like, hey, we sh- how are we going to go into town? Like, you should just send everyone away, Jesus. Like, you know, like, and he's like, I just want that boy there has got a couple of loaves and a few fish. Give me that. I'm going to give thanks and we'll multiply this thing. That's, that's the heavenly strategy that Jesus came up with. He's like, oh, I know my father. My father provides all our needs. Oh, I know my dad. He, he's just really good and he provides. And he didn't just do enough. There was like baskets left over, right? So there's strategies for, there's strategies for things in education. There's strategies for things in science. There's strategies for things in family of how we do, how we get connected. There are things that God wants to do inside of you guys and us that we actually start to to almost I don't even know how to phrase this but just like we start to have like a heavenly uh, like brain that we get learn to think differently that it's not like a plus b in the world equals c but a plus b in the kingdom equals like something else you know it's like uh, you know two loaves one fish equals feeding of a lot of people in, but in our natural eyes, that we start to, when we start to look beyond our natural circumstances, and we go, I actually just need, I need the voice of the Lord on this. So we turn, we turn to Him, and then the veil, our, the veil of our natural thinking gets removed, and we actually go, Oh, I actually get the strategy. Do you know the air conditioner was a strategy from heaven? Yeah. 
Did you know that? If you look up who invented the air conditioner, it's a Christian guy that um, I forget where he's from, but it was a strategy from heaven. And he got one night, he had, a, he had a dream and God gave him the blueprint and he came up with the air con. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there are strategies in heaven that have not yet been, un, uh, for, for church planning, for, not just for church, but in every area of society. Education, I mean, come on, we need a reformation in the education system. You know, there are, there are, just, there are, there are better ways to do it. I don't have the answer, but I know heaven does. I don't have the answer for every single, um, uh, you know, domestic violence case in our area. I know heaven does because in heaven there's perfect peace and there's always, always a solution. Jesus is the solution. There's always a solution. And it might not come through me. It might come through Danny. It might come through Sam. I don't want it to come through me. I want it to come through the, the, the body. Does that make sense? All right. Matthew 6, and then we're going to pray. Spend about 15 minutes just waiting on the Lord. We all know this one very well. So we can all, why don't we just all say it together? And those that have come from an Anglican background, you'll just feel right at home. <laughs> or a Catholic background. Uh, pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Yes. <laughs> For thine is the kingdom. Well done, all you Bible scholars. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So his will for circumstances, for situations, for, for healing, for the miraculous, for strategies, I believe the answer is in, in the, the yieldedness of our life, in the yieldedness of our hearts, that we, that we actually just, I'll just be really raw and honest, I don't want to do this thing if God's not breathing on it. I've got other, th I could do other things. You know, there's energy, there's effort, there's time, there's prayer, there's sacrifice. I'm not interested in this unless God is breathing on it. It's why we've gone slow. And I know that can frustrate people. <laughs> I know it's why we started with a monthly meeting and we've slowly built, you know, fortnightly because we want the culture and the foundation to last beyond me, beyond Shen. I'm not going anywhere, don't worry. But, but if this thing, this thing can't just be Liam and Shen, this can't just be Lisa and Dave, it, it, has, it has to have the breath of God on it. Otherwise, otherwise it, it's part of the reason, um, and, and part of it is, is just, I'm not the greatest at um, details. But the other part of it has been we haven't done a lot of promotion. We have an internal Facebook group and we do have an external Facebook group. But part of that, and we, you know, our website hardly gets updated. It's like some apologies for all those that are like, I need details. <laughs> um, and we can get better at that. 
But a part of a part of it has been I don't want to promote Glory City Melbourne because I wanted the breath of God to be the one that brings about the increase. Because if I'm the one, if I have to do a great marketing strategy for Glory City Melbourne and then we get all these influx of people because we did a great marketing strategy, then I'm the one that has to keep it going. But if God brings the increase, he'll just be the one that keeps that, that thing going. Does that make sense? And so I really, you know, our king, your kingdom come, not our kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I really, I really feel this is like, Man doesn't live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God's still speaking. So he's still saying things to, to, to people today. He's not silent. And he, he has a strategy for this tribe, for this community. Yes, he has a strategy for the tribe down the road, and he has a collective. But I feel like there's a, a tribe, and this is my language, so if, if, it, if, if there's a better way of saying it, but I feel like there's a tribal grace for, for not just individual depths, but there's a, a tribal grace for going deep, deep into the things of prayer, into the mysteries of God, that, we, that he's going to start to reveal things to us in dreams and in visions, that you're, you're going to be shocked, I think, at something you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't see it that way before, but now I've, he's just given me a strategy for that, and I, I need to implement that, and I need to start that business, or I need to, I need to, do, I need to actually put that thing into action. Yeah? Okay. I'm gonna I wanna honor the time because I really feel like we just need to hear from God on this.